Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Jesus, in his own words, we've looked at Jesus speaking to us through the word of God. In your red letter Bibles, those are the red letters. Jesus' spoken words to us. Do you realize that in many countries around the world this morning, churches are going to meet in woods or privately in people's homes discreetly because that's their only choice. They are not free, free to worship according to their own consciences. In the U.S. of A., we still have the social and personal freedom to worship as a group in a church as we see fit. Now, we've had some of our freedoms challenged. There's no doubt about that over the last 14 months as we um, have come through the pandemic of COVID-19. But people all around the world always will have a spiritual freedom, a spiritual freedom to choose and worship Jesus Christ. The freedom that Jesus offered is not obtained through birthright or cultural norms, through government or where you live or through war. Spiritual freedom cannot be taken away. Nothing compares to the spiritual freedom that we have in Jesus, the one who saves, Christ, the anointed one. The spiritual freedom comes from God, the creator of heaven and earth. And it is far better than any freedom that we can procure in our life. So Jesus, in his own words, the final message that I want to bring to you in this series comes from John chapter 8. If you would turn to John chapter 8, I'm going to be reading verses 31 through 36. The the song that we just sang talked about Jesus saving us from our slave, us being a slave to fear. What Jesus is going to talk about in this scripture is that we are a slave to our sins, to our old sin nature, but he frees us from that. So John chapter 8 Starting verse 31 in the Pew Bible, it's on page 1,663. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and that truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never seen or been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very 
Truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. These are Jesus' words to the Jews and to us today. I think in this scripture, there are four things that I want you to think about. We're going to go through them one by one. But the first one is, all people are in bondage. The second one is that freedom is possible. And the third one is that freedom depends on Jesus. And then the fourth one is that Jesus sets us free indeed. That should put a smile on your face. So the first point, people are in bondage. This has been true, not from the beginning of time, because God created everything to be good, but God also gave Adam and Eve the freedom of choice. And sin entered the human race when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. Yes, all. All of us sitting here. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam, from the Garden of Eden, all die. And just a few verses before this key verse of John um, 8.36, Jesus said in his own words, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You've seen it, haven't you? You've lived it before you came to Jesus. You were sinful and you were a slave to sin. You just couldn't help yourself but to do it more and more, whatever that sin was. Or to, to live in pride. Pride is sin. And to think that you can just make your life better on your own by working harder, making more money, buying a bigger house, being good to people is going to set you free? It's not. This is what we call the doctrine of original sin. To put it very simply, all people, even at birth, have an old sin nature, sometimes called the old man. That's from Adam. In our natural state, we are sinful. We are depraved. We are in bondage to sin. We are spiritually dead, and we are on the course to get what we deserve, the penalty of sin, which is death, total separation from God and the eternal lake of fire. All people are born into this bondage, chained 
to our old sin nature. And this is our spiritual plight. We were each born not only slaves to sin, but hideous, wicked, guilty, and foolish people with the idea that we do not need God. Psalm 51.5 says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. People are in bondage. That's our first point. We are doomed to hell. So we need a second point. Freedom is possible. John 8.36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. This is why the virgin birth of Jesus is so important. In the womb of Mary, the embryo of Jesus was conceived without the seed of man. Max, you mentioned this last week, I think. Jesus did not have that old sin nature from Adam in him. It was not resident in his soul at the time of birth, like that first Adam's sin, like our birth that we have in us. The difference is Jesus lived his life without that old sin nature, and he chose always not to sin. He was a man without a sinful blemish. This Jesus did not just risk his life for us, but he gave his life. He gave his life on the cross so that we might be set free. And if you truly admit it, we all hated him. And we scorned him. We rejected him in our old sin nature. Yet he loved us. He loved us so much so that we might love him. Some of you may think that you are just too far into that bondage of sin. Too far to be redeemed. You've done some awful things. How could God possibly forgive you? I've heard it said to me many times by people. They kind of describe it as a very deep and dark hole. They can't see the light. Now listen to God's promise for you in Romans 5.8. But God... This is a good time to use but, isn't it? But God demonstrates his own love for, love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. And Romans 5.20 says, But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. God does not require that we break ourselves free from the bondage of sin before he loves us. 
Indeed, we cannot do it without his grace. That's why in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Because he has always loved us. He breaks our chains and causes us to love him in return, regardless of our sinfulness. There is always hope. Always hope. We are shown for what we truly are. But where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Thank you, Jesus. The greater we understand our guilt and the more sinful we are shown to be, the greater we see His grace for what it truly is. God's saving grace is unmerited. His unmerited favor, according to His unchanging love, freedom is possible. But how? That takes us to point three. Freedom depends on Jesus. As much as we would like to say that we can earn our own freedom, we just cannot do it. As much as we would like to think that we can somehow rebel against the prince of this world on our own and overthrow the devil's schemes, it is not possible. We were born slaves to sin in this dark world that we live in, and we are hopeless to overcome it on our own. But God, but the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, came to set us free. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. In John 8.36, Jesus in his own words said, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Did you notice in that statement, free is used twice? The first time, it's used as a verb. It's part of an action. The Son sets you free. He does the work. Freedom depends on the work of Jesus. And then the second time we see free, it's used as an adjective. It describes our state, our state of being because of what Jesus did for us. We do not make ourselves free. He does the work for making us free so that we can now be described as being free. We were enslaved to sin. Now we are free because of what he has done. Various religions around the world will teach that we must break our own bond from those chains through meditation or through morality. And some even like the idea that um, we're already free so that no bonds need to be broken. But to tell you the truth, it doesn't really matter what you like. Jesus, in his own words in this scripture, says that the truth 
is what matters. And Jesus is truth. So what's it mean for Dunphy? Dunphy Missionary Church. Well, as we begin to invite our unsaved community to come into this building and to be a part of this church with us, we're going to have people that have not yet been set free. Oh boy, are you ready? Are you ready to come into church and, and invite them in in their natural state? They're going to be depraved and they're going to be in bondage to sin. They will be spiritually dead. And on the, the course to get what we all deserve for the penalty of sin, death, total separation from God, eternity in the lake of fire, they will come to us in bondage, chained to their old sin nature. This is going to be their spiritual plight. And guess what? We can all relate We have all been there. Some may still be there today. Perhaps you're just now understanding what Jesus is saying in his own words. That freedom depends on Jesus. Jesus Christ paid the debt for our sin when he hung on the cross and he died. There cannot be enough emphasis in the fact that he died He was God revealed to us in the flesh and Jesus died. Why? 2 Corinthians 5.21 puts it this way. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. He took our place so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That means that we are made right, that we are made holy so that God can have that relationship with us. Jesus bore the sins of the world as he hung on that cross. And then he died. In his death, he died to sin. And in his resurrection, he defeated death And he took away its sting. Thank you, Jesus. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we die with him. We saw it when we did the baptism a few weeks ago. We die with him and we rise with him to live with him. We are united with Christ so that death and sin are no longer our master. Freedom depends on Jesus. And this is why we need part four. Jesus sets us free indeed. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You know, we've heard a lot about um, presidential executive orders. For some reason, it's become quite familiar to us recently. Did you know that President Abraham Lincoln wrote an executive order? We call it the Emancipation Proclamation. He did it on January 1st, 
1863, as our nation approached the third year of a bloody civil war. It was basically an executive order by the President of the United States. The executive order proclaimed and declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. The executive order made it so. Like most executive orders, it was limited in too many ways. All those who were slaves were not free indeed. However, it captured the hearts and the imagination of millions of Americans. And fundamentally, it transformed the character of the war. No matter how hard we try to ensure equality and freedom in our humanity, we will fall short. What we need is more people on their knees, seeking the face of God, seeking forgiveness and freedom through Jesus Christ. Perfect environment existed at the time of creation in the Garden of Eden. Sin of man ruined that perfect environment. And no matter how hard we try, we will never have that perfect environment back again because of our works. It just isn't going to happen until Jesus returns. He will make a new heaven and a new earth. We can expect great things from God. If he has set us free, we are free indeed. This reality is true and present today. No one can change it. We will never be put to shame for trusting in Jesus because he has truly defeated our enemy. Because of this, we are free indeed. Let's just pray and go to our Lord and thank him. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, you have some private time right now with God. If you are without Jesus, you are living in the slave market of sin. If you are seeking the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus desires for you to come to him and be set free. Let Jesus set you free and be free indeed. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no freedom apart from him. God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And you can live it right now. Repent. In your own heart right now, tell God the bad things that you've done, the forgiveness that you desire, and he will forgive you. Let him know that you want the life that Jesus paid for. A life of righteousness and holiness with him. And may all God's people connected with us today seek his face and find the favor of God upon us. Amen.